Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Well, good morning again. Uh, as Pastor Madison mentioned about Reggie being here next week, I promise you, you do not want to miss it. So next Sunday is going to be phenomenal. And he was here a couple of years ago and blessed our church tremendously. And so make sure that you're here. Fill, let's fill up this place, 8.30 and 10.15 next week. Invite your friends, your neighbors, your kids, everybody. And there's cards on your seat. And feel free to take these and invite people. And if, you, if you're like, I need hundreds of those, well, let Pastor Madison know. And we'll get more printed off so that you can invite people to come. You don't want to miss next week for, uh, for Reggie Dab speaking. And then also that night at 6 o'clock for that evening rally. Well, last week we wrapped up our series on prayer called If My People. And if you missed any of those messages, we'd encourage you to watch online at crosspointwaverly.com or YouTube or Facebook or listen online on, on Spotify. And so uh, we'd encourage you to listen to those and, and catch back up on that immediately following the service today will be our annual church business meeting. And we have taken the last few years, this Sunday before the annual business meeting, to really just take a look at what God did in the previous year and look ahead to what he wants to do for the future. And so we're going to celebrate in the message time today what he's done in 2022 and dream ahead of 2023. And, uh, and really in that atmosphere of faith and expectation, we dream and cast the vision for the future. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse number 12 says, remember the wondrous works that he has done. Today we're going to do that, his miracles and the judgments he's uttered. Psalm 103, verse 1 through 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. When I look back over the last nine years of our church, it's been fun to see what God has done. And I just want to tell you that what's about to happen this morning is not a pep rally where we tell ourselves how awesome that we are and pat ourselves on the back. Instead, as Pastor Levinsky sang about and he talked about, what we're going to do in these moments is point it all back to Jesus because it's, it's, it's what he's done that's enabled us to be able to do what's, what we've done this year and experience what, what we've experienced. And so it's us saying to God, God, we recognize what you've done. We recognize what you've done, and we're grateful for it. And so where do we begin? I think we begin by saying, look around. Like, look at the people who are sitting to your right and to the left of you this morning. These people, like, they plowed out their driveway to be here on time today after the snowplow buried them in. You know, one person said, I was watching online in the first service, and, and then I realized I got to be at church today to celebrate in person what God has done. And so they got in the car and drove safely to get here in the second service. I'm proud of you for making that decision. It's a win that you hear. You've put aside your excuses and the distractions, and you've shown up today. This past year was marked by the biggest kingdom impact our church has ever experienced in a single year. And I love that as I say that, that there's not a single person in the room who's like, hey, well, can we let off the gas a little bit now? Like, I mean, I had to sit in a different section today because somebody sat in my seat. 
Right? I'm grateful that there's not a single person in here who that's your heart. Instead, all of our hearts are this. We recognize that the mission is so critical. And it's so urgent that people's eternities are at stake. And so this morning we reflect and we say, God, thank you so much for all that you've done. We're grateful to you. Our hearts are filled with gratitude. And we say, God, we want to see even more. There are events in life that we can point to that are defining moments. And and I can just say the number 2020 and all of you are like, ah. You know, like it's a defining moment. It's something that we'll look back to for decades to come of how our world shifted. And uh, we were, uh, we experienced something that many of us had never navigated. And going into the season right before COVID hit in 2020, it was a phenomenal season as a church. We're on a, a, a growth trajectory like no other. The church was booming. We were moving forward. And then all of a sudden ministry looked uncertain. And we continue to love people and serve people, but one of the metrics that we use to gauge impact is attendance, and that, that metric tanked. By the time that we got to the end of 2020, we were only at 60% of in-person attendance compared to the previous years. And I believe maybe there were some in the room who wondered, were the church's best days behind them? Would we ever get back to normal? Can I tell you this morning, as we reflect on what God has been doing at Crosspoint, it's far from normal. It's far from ordinary. It's extraordinary. And what's crazy is because we've been experiencing extraordinary for so long, it feels ordinary. How cool is that? I shared a statistic last week that is in no way a celebration. Uh, It's not a statistic that we celebrate or rejoice over. And that statistic is this, that 83% of churches still have not reached their pre-COVID attendance. 83%. 83% of churches still have less people in their weekly attendance than what they did in 2019. Only 17% of churches returned to or exceeded their pre-COVID in-person average attendance. And by the grace of God, we fall in that category. And it's humbling to know that a vast majority of churches are not experiencing what we are, and it just causes my heart to be filled with gratitude because God has poured out his blessings and his favor on our church. Amen. We ended 2022 up 29% over 2021 with an average in-person attendance of over 500 for the first time in our church history. We averaged 504 people last year each week in our church. Let's give God praise for that. When 83% of churches still haven't reached pre-COVID numbers, God has caused our church to explode. Some of you might be like, well, how does that number compare to where we were in the heyday of 2019? Well, here's how it compares. We're up 19% over our 2019 attendance. And so again, like we just see God's hand just moving and drawing people uh, to him. And I'll tell you how I respond to, to all of this it, with two words. Number one, humility. We're not smart enough, we're not talented enough for this to be on us. Instead, this is all on him. And so we humble ourselves in position and recognize like that God gets the glory for anything that's happening right now. And the second word that I would say is just gratitude. Right, even this week, Erica and I were around a number of pastors who this hasn't been their story. What we're experiencing is extraordinary. And uh, and so again, we don't celebrate that, but what we do say is God, Like in the midst of everything else, we want you to know that we recognize what you're doing and we're grateful. 
We're grateful that you've entrusted all of these people to us. And like Solomon, we pray and we say, God, give us wisdom and knowledge. And we say, thank you. We see your hand at work. And and we take a moment to say thanks. And God, we also take a moment to ask for more. As we talk about the 12,000 people within a 10-mile radius of our church who don't go to church, God, we say thanks for what you've done. But we recognize that the mission isn't completed, that the task isn't fulfilled. Instead, you're still calling us to go into our neighborhoods and our schools and our workplaces to make decisions disciples and to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, God, we say thank you, but we also pray for more. Last year, in almost every service, we saw somebody give their heart to Jesus. And last year, like, I I promise you, I don't want a, a golf clap on this. Like, this is a moment where we should lose our mind when we celebrate this number, because this is why we exist as a church, right, to introduce people to Jesus. And last year, in almost every service, we saw people surrender their hearts to the Lord. At least 231 people responded to the Holy Spirit's tug at their heart to become children of God. Let's celebrate that this morning. It's what it's about. 31 of those people went public with their faith and were baptized. Minnow, we say congratulations to you. How exciting today that you took that next step to be water baptized. And for those of you who haven't taken that step, and then I just want you to know we'll baptize you any Sunday. And so just let us know when you want to, to do that, and we'll help you make that make that decision. Pastor Dan leads a a course called Growth Track in our church. You've heard us talk about that. It's an effort to introduce people to our church as well as help people discover their spiritual gifts. This past year, we had more people go through Growth Track than ever before. 60 people went through Growth Track to discover their design and their purpose. They were grateful for it. One ministry that we believe is so crucial to our church is our small group ministry. Small groups enable us to accomplish two purposes. Number one, it helps people connect with one another. Being a follower of Jesus is not an individual sport, right? It's an individual's decision to become a follower of Jesus, but once a person becomes a follower of Jesus, then we're called to live in community with one another, not in isolation. And so small groups enable us to, to, give, to have the ability to build relationships with one another. And secondly, we get to explore the Word of God and grow in our knowledge of Him in relationship with others. In 2022, we had 307 people who were part of adult small groups. That's incredible. Like that's, uh, When we talk about 504 being the average attendance last year, that includes children. And so when you see that 307 people said, you know what, I'm not going to do this in isolation. Instead, I'm going to do life in community with one another. To have 307 adults involved in small groups is amazing. And I just want to say this year, let's step it up. Let's have even more. I want to take a moment and celebrate what God did through the worship arts department. One of the statements that we've been saying over and over to the staff is that it's our responsibility to make disciples and develop ministers, to make disciples and to develop ministers. And Pastor Levinsky's been developing a leadership team around him and raising the bar not only in the musical aspect of what happens on a Sunday morning, but also with the spiritual aspect. We have so many gifted people, and he's leading them well to continue to grow in that. Pastor Fisher oversees and leads the production ministry, and he oversees the technical side of what we experience on a Sunday morning, and as well as our online experience. Those of you who are watching online, just say, thank you, Pastor Fisher and team. You are absolutely amazing. 
He too is developing ministers. It feels like every week as a staff when we're celebrating wins, he's like, oh, and I got another 15 people signed up to be part of the production team this week. You know, like there's new people being added to that team regularly. And then what's fun is to see the development process of what's taking place. And so he'll celebrate not only the people who join the team, but the people who take the next step on the team. And so what it looks like, you know, at the beginning is you're watching somebody else run the sound and then... Then you graduate from there to somebody else watching you run the sound. And then you graduate from there to running the sound and nobody supervising you to then running the sound. And now you're training up somebody else. And we're just seeing this cycle of multiplication and growth take place in that area under his leadership. And it's fun, so fun to watch it. So much of what they do is behind the scenes. And yet it's vitally important for the experience that we have each week. In addition to that, we launched our Crosspoint School of Arts back in October under Pastor Fisher's leadership, and we saw 106 students sign up for that and having 16 instructors giving lessons in. Uh, It's amazing. Here's a fun fact. Exactly 50% of those students are from our church, and 50% of those students are from the community. And so how cool is it that in our church, there are people who are developing their gifts through the School of Arts, and then in addition to that, being able to serve our community that way. Let's celebrate some next generation wins. We're blessed with the best children's pastor on the planet PG and Darlene are the best. I hope that every time you drop your kids off or you pick them up, that you're telling them how much they mean to you and how much you appreciate them. They're leading a team of over 100 people who are serving in the kids' men classes each month. Over 100 people who are ministers to our kids each week to partner with us in the discipleship of our kids. They've been making disciples and developing ministers, not just with those of you who are serving in that area, but they're also making disciples of the kids and training them to be uh, ministers. And so children have been given the opportunity to do puppets and the Bible stories and play instruments and sing songs and run the sound and run the computer, and, uh, and they absolutely love it. Last year, there was a dad who came up to me, and he said, on Saturday, I was watching a football game, and my son, just out of the blue, came up to me and said, Dad, you're going to take me to church tomorrow. And if you don't take me to church tomorrow, I'm going to be really difficult to live with. I love it. I love it. That's the kind of disciples that are being made. That kid was assertive. He said, Dad, we're going to church. And, uh, but... How fun is it to have kids begging their parents to go to church? Like, I just, I love that. PG is leading our kids to have the heart of God, which is a mission's heart. And this past year, our children raised nearly $18,000 for Kingdom Builders, BGMC specifically, and that's amazing. Pastor Madison started her third year here leading the youth and college ministry at our church this year. And both areas, we just continue to see unbelievable growth. 2021 was a phenomenal year for the youth ministry of our church. And you just wonder, how could it get any bigger and how could it get any better? And yet somehow, by the grace of God, it has in 2022 was up 62% over 2021 in the youth ministry attendance. 
I hate that the statistics are what they are around our nation, but I'm grateful to God that they don't reflect what's happening here. You know, we hear that young people are leaving the church at an alarming rate, and I'm just telling you that that's not what we're experiencing right now. Instead, what we're experiencing is that young people are coming to the church, that there's a hunger for them to grow in their relationship with Jesus. The other area that she leads besides the youth ministry is the college ministry, and there are students who have graduated from Wartburg and love our church so much that they have put down roots and decided decided to stay in this community rather than move somewhere else. And the, the college ministry also grew tremendously this year, about 45% uh, in attendance of the college ministry. And so we thank God for that. These students are involved in small groups that are meeting on campus each week, and the college students and teenagers are experiencing the presence and the power of God. They're being saved. They're being set free from depression and addiction. They're being baptized in the Holy Spirit and called into ministry, and they're being bold with their faith. These students are a blessing to our church, and I'm grateful for each one of them. With that, I just want to highlight one of the students. Y'all can pray for me this week. Like we're, as a church, we're praying, you know, for nations and we're giving money for nations. And then, you know, your daughter says, hey, how about I go spend two months in Bangladesh? This is not a hypothetical situation. And so on Thursday, I fly my daughter to Bangladesh to leave her for two months. Two months, y'all. And some of the international students in here are like, so, like, I left my parents. I've been gone for years, right? God bless you, and God bless you, parents. But uh, so she leaves on Thursday, and here's what I ask of you. Be praying for her over the next two months. It's fun to see, you know, as we pray, to see a young person exploring the call of God upon their life. And she's excited. I'm excited. My cousins are uh, missionaries there. She'll be living with them. She'll be just fine. But, you know, pray for us, her mom, and for me in uh, extra grace in this season as we'll miss our baby. Yeah, let's just pray right now. God, we thank you so much for the mission's heart that our church has and for what you've done in the life of my daughter and for her willingness to respond to go. And so, Lord, I just pray on Thursday as she flies out to Bangladesh and has this experience over the next two months that it would just shape her, inform her, that she would see a side of you that she's never seen. Lord, we pray your protection upon her. Bless her as she's a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, baby. I'm proud of you. Come home and stay. Amen. Three years ago, we went on a generosity journey as a church, and we're still on it. We launched uh, Kingdom Builders three years ago, and again, as you've come in today, you've received a booklet. It's also online, and we launched this to give more to global missions, local church expansion, and future Christian leaders than ever before, and this past year, our church gave over $335,000 for the glory of God. It's amazing. And since the launch of Kingdom Builders three years ago as a church, we've given away $900,000. $900,000. Y'all think about that for a minute. Like, I don't need you to clap real loud or cheer real loud, even more on that. I just want you to think about that our church, you all, all of us together, said we value, God, what you're doing globally and locally, and in the next generation so much that we've given $900,000 away uh, through Kingdom Builders. Uh, that number is just astounding to me, and here's what's fun. And I believe the day is coming 
when, when we'll look back and we'll go $335,000. God, thank you for the ability to give $335,000. Thank you for small beginnings. Right? Because when we're given $500,000 a year or $700,000 a year or $900,000 a year through Kingdom Builders, then we'll look back on this moment and I believe it will happen and I'm excited for what he's doing now and excited about the future. But this is happening because many of you are giving God the first 10% of your income in obedient giving and then God has blessed you and you've moved from just obedient giving of giving 10% to generous giving, of giving above and beyond the 10% above the tithe to kingdom builders. And just so you know, as a church, we give 10% of our general fund right off the top to kingdom builders. You've been generous, the church has been generous, and God has blessed you and the church. And so we look back with gratitude on all that God has done. For the past few years, I've said something like this in this message, and what's fun is as I look back on it, it just, it's just true every year. And so here's what we know. God hasn't brought us the financial resource he has for us to plateau or decline. He hasn't brought us this amazing staff that we have for us to plateau or decline. He hasn't brought us the tremendous volunteers that he has for us to plateau or decline. He has positioned us for growth. He has and he continues to do so. In 2022, we ended even stronger than we have in any other year. And I can't wait to see what God does in 2023. I'm telling you, my faith has been stretched. My dreams have gotten bigger. My eyes have gotten bigger. Last week, I shared how two Sundays ago, we had 638 people in here, January 15th, in the middle of January, on a normal Sunday morning. And some of you are like, so what was last week? Well, I'm glad you asked. Last week was nearly 600, 589 people in January are, have been coming to the church. And so like, it's amazing to see the growth that God has done and then the exponential increase that we've seen even in this month. In 1 Kings chapter 18, there's a severe famine in Samaria. In the same chapter, there's this showdown between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. If you're not familiar with the story, I would encourage you this week to read 1 Kings chapter 18. And, but here's a, a short summary of it. The prophets of Baal challenge Elijah to a duel, and they say, we'll cry out to Baal, and you cry out to God, and whoever sends the fire to consume the sacrifice will clearly be the winner, and we'll know who truly has the power. And so these uh, prophets of Baal cry out. They do everything that they can within their imagination to get some imaginary God to hear them and send fire down to consume the sacrifice and imagine this, nothing happened. In fact, verse number 29 says, there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. This is what happened for the prophets of Baal. And so then Elijah taunts them. There's humor in the Bible. Elijah taunts them and says, maybe your God's in the bathroom. You just, need to, you just need to shout a little louder to get his attention. That's funny. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Nothing happens. Elijah wets down this sacrifice three times to make sure it's good and wet. And then Elijah prayed to God, and the Bible tells us that the fire fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water in the trench. I'm just telling you, of all the times that I've read this passage, I've known that it consumed the sacrifice and that it dried up the water. But somehow, when I've read it, I've skipped over the fact that it burnt offering and the wood and the stones 
and the dust. I don't even know how stones and dust are consumed, but stones and dust, and it licked up all the water in the trench. I think there was a definitive winner, right? There was no, uh, there was no choice as to who the winner was on that. And in 1 Kings 18, God tells Elijah that he's going to send rain. And in verse 41, Elijah tells Ahab to eat and drink because there's the sound of the rushing rain. There's not a cloud in the sky, there's a drought in the land, and this is what Elijah speaks out. He sends a servant to the top of a mountain to look towards the sea for a cloud, and he comes back, and he says, I didn't see anything, and Elijah sent him back seven times. And on the seventh time, Elijah says, what did you see? And he says, I see in verse number 44, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. A short while later, there was this great rain. For the past couple of weeks, we have seen a glimpse of something bigger. We've had a glimpse of a cloud of the size of a man's hand, but something is coming, a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God and the presence and the power of God in our midst, and we've seen the hand of God at work. And I'm telling you that we're going to see even more. God is up to something. Our community is not experiencing a physical drought right now. The 18 inches of snow on the ground like tells you you don't have to look into heaven right now to see if there's a cloud coming of precipitation. We have plenty of it right now. Those of you who are praying for snow, stop it. But our community and our nation are experiencing a spiritual drought that has left many spiritually bankrupt and has created spiritual wastelands. People who are crying out to imaginary gods to fill a void that only God can fill and there's no voice and no one's answering and no one pays attention because they are not God. We serve God. It's created spiritual bankruptcy and wasteland. And I believe that what we're experiencing is a sign that God is pouring out his spiritual rain. And I, I don't even say get your umbrella instead. I just say, like, put your swimming trunks on. Like, let's, let's let it all soak in. We need to be ready. What we're currently experiencing is extraordinary. And I believe it's just the beginning of a supernatural outpouring of his spirit that will bring new life and freedom and joy and more disciples being made and more ministers being developed. There are seasons in life that we're given the grace of God to get ready for, and then there are seasons of life where we just have to catch up, right? There are times when we make a change or we jump into something without certainty or without knowing why. Ten years ago, I started a Master's of Organizational Leadership, and in, in that second year of the program, I transitioned from the role that I was doing to pastoring the church, and I had no idea that all of that training would help prepare me for what we would be doing as a church. I remember taking a budgeting class, a managerial finance class, and then immediately having to go into a budget meeting to create the first budget with the board for our church, and it's just like, thank you, God. You know, like, there was no long on-ramp to this, but instead, Thank you for the preparation that's there. And so I had no idea when I started the program, but God knew and it helped me get ready. In the deepest core of my being, I believe this year will be unlike any other year that we've experienced and we need to be ready. And for some of you to be ready, it's going to require a push. Several years ago, I was at a college retreat and... um, and there was this thing called a blob. It's like a giant pillow on a lake, and you jump off of a platform onto the blob, and whoever the sap is at the end of the pillow gets, f- I mean, they fly through the air. I mean, it's, it's a blast. Not now, but if you've never seen it, Google blob, and you'll see it, and you'll be like, oh, that's amazing. And so I uh, was on the platform to jump down, and I'm, I've watched the previous two people go, and now it's my turn 
and I'm terrified. Like, I know that what they did looks fun, and I want to experience what they experienced, but I don't want to have to jump from this platform right now. And so I'm standing there, and I'm just telling you, if somebody would have pushed me, it would have relieved me of all of my anxiety and all of my fear, and it would have been over. But instead, I stood there, and the longer I waited, the more the anxiety built up, the more the, uh, the fear built up, and now more the audience built up. And finally, I jumped out and, and, and felt this exhilarating experience of blobbing someone and being blobbed. And I just wonder in our spiritual walks and in our professional lives and in our personal lives, if there's an area where we just need somebody to push us, that we're looking out and we're like, God, I want this for me because you want this for me. But right now, because of the uncertainty and the unknown, I'm afraid to jump out into it. And I just want to encourage you this morning to invite somebody in to encourage you and push you. There are moments in life that push us. Momentum pushes us. Growth pushes us. Winds push us. The clock pushes us. I'm aware of what time it is. Pastor Levinsky, would you come? (laughs) Crisis pushes us. Sometimes something as simple as a conversation can push us. I believe in a number of areas God has been getting me ready for this season that we're in, and I just want to be vulnerable with you for just a couple minutes in hopes that maybe you'll allow the Holy Spirit to speak to some areas of your life where you need to change. A few years ago, we invited Darren Poley to join our team in a coaching role, and he has been a tremendous gift to our church. He's been someone that has pushed me professionally and pastorally and leadership-wise. He helped us start and navigate Kingdom Builders, and he's been a voice to push to continue to dream bigger on this. This year, we've set a goal of $360,000, and you can see the projects in the book. Erica created this booklet. She's my wife. Thank you, Erica. I appreciate you designing this. It gives us a great, great view of what God's going to do this year. And so you have it in your hands. You can also see it online. I want to invite everybody to be part of Kingdom Builders. But Darren's push has helped me to take the right steps in the same direction, and over time, it's netted huge results. We shared $900,000 in the last years, three years. Who would have dreamed three years ago that this would be the number that that we would be giving and to look ahead to one day believing that that's going to be small beginnings? Darren's been a voice to push me to be a better leader and pastor of our church, and this push keeps me from settling or becoming complacent. There's another area of my life where there's been a push. Back in July, I started to do something about my weight. Somehow bending over and putting my socks on and getting out of breath was a push. And so from July to August, I lost four pounds. Y'all are cheering. That's like participation trophy right there. Like, I don't want your, no, four pounds. Big deal, no one noticed. In August, I had some issues with some eating some undercooked pork that led me to the doctor to get some blood work. And at 41 years old, he said, you are fat. <laughs> and if you don't shed some weight, you're going to have to go on cholesterol medication. Y'all, who wants to do that at 41 years old? Not me. A conversation was a push, not a crisis. But a conversation was a push. August to September, I lost six pounds. And again, there's no noticeable difference. September to October, are y'all ready for this? Three pounds. No ice cream. Very few sweets. For three pounds. 
It was painful, denying my flesh for such small returns. In November, I invited someone to to push me in this area of my life. And with that help from December, I was down 10 pounds. And December to now, it's been even more. And, And from July to today, I'm down 42 pounds. For months, I was doing the same thing and seeing very small results, but the right steps over time led to a noticeable difference. Small steps in the same direction have netted big returns. Some of you are like, you're still fat. I am, thank you, but I'm not as fat as what I was in July, and so we're just going to keep working on it. The piece of it is when I invited someone into my life to speak in this area, the results have grown exponentially. There's a push. So I've talked about professionally and personally. And the final area where there's been a push has been spiritually. PG shared in a staff meeting one day that if he could go back and do something over with his kids, that he would do his devotions at home rather than at the office. I'm a morning person. I love the mornings. And I like to just get my day started, get on here to the office and and do that in the summer. I made a decision to get up, and my wife programs the coffee maker, so I pour my cup of delightful coffee, and I sit with my dog in my recliner in the quiet of the morning while everybody else is sleeping, and I have my devotion times. Eventually, alarms will start sounding throughout our house. The children will arise from their lair in the basement. The dog will realize he has options and quickly leave the recliner where I'm sitting. And they see me having this time. It's a healthy push. They're not verbally saying anything to me. But after months of doing this, if I don't do it, they're going to notice. And so it's an area where God has just been preparing me spiritually. And so these are three areas where there's been a push and honestly it prepared us for this moment. It's been a busy season for us. I'm grateful that I have the physical strength to be able to do it. Right? I'm grateful that we've not settled into complacency or thought that God, what you've done is enough, but instead there's been a push to see even more and then spiritually to see how the Lord has been preparing. And I just wonder how many people this morning need a push in your life whether it's professionally or whether it's personally or whether it's spiritually. Maybe there are some of you who are like trying to do everything like the prophets of Baal. And you're crying out to these imaginary things and you think that somehow there's this magic pill and this magic bullet that I'm gonna go from baby Christian to mature Christian overnight if there's just this one thing, if there's just this one pastor I can watch online, if there's just this one conference I can go to, if I could just have this one moment, then I'll go exponentially from here to here. And I just wanna tell you this morning that that's a lie from the enemy. We don't go from here to here overnight. The way that we grow from baby Christian to spiritual Christians is small steps, the right steps in the same direction over time. And I promise you that as you take those steps, you'll look back and you'll see that God has done something huge. And so I just want to challenge you this morning spiritually. Invite somebody in your life to push you and encourage you towards the things of God. 
A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how Paul said to, to disciples, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul had set an example of Christ's likeness. May we be people who are pursuing Christ's likeness and inviting people to push us. That when, when, when we're not displaying Christ's likeness, that there would be people who would speak into our life and go, come on. And then in areas where we are displaying Christ's likeness, that they would encourage us to do it all the more. I'm, continued, I'm committed to continue to grow, and who knows the areas that the Lord will show me. And, and my hope for you this morning is that you'll pray to God and you'll say, God, in what areas must you increase in my life, and what areas does my flesh need to decrease? Spiritually, make a commitment to grow. God's preparing you. The season that we're in as a church is for all of us. And I know that none of us want to look back on this season and go, oh, I wish I'd have been ready. I wish that I would have jumped in. I wish that I would have taken that moment. But instead, let's all grow spiritually. Let's be spending time in prayer. Let's spend time reading our Bibles. Let's make church attendance a priority. And let's see what God does as each of us grow in this area. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room? Maybe there are some of you who've come in today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and for you that's the place where it needs to start. Maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with God but you've turned your back on him and you say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. In just a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, you say I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time or you say I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three three. Lift them up all across this room. Thank you. I see that hand. Are there others this morning? Thank you, God. You can put it down. Let's all stand. There was at least one hand that went up this morning of someone who needs to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time or who needs to see their relationship restored back to him. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you raise your hand, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every aspect. Take over every area and help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. If you prayed this prayer, we'd encourage you to text the number on the screen. Text YES to 319 250 8998. Again, text the word yes to 319-250-8998. We want to encourage you along in the decision that you've made today and the journey that God wants to take you on. Just a moment. The worship team is going to lead us in another song. Prayer team is going to make their way to the front. If you've come here today needing prayer for anything, we'd encourage you to step out of your seat and come forward. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. We thank you for what you've done in our church in this past year, and we look ahead with excitement and anticipation to what's ahead. Lord, our hearts are filled with humility and gratitude. Lord, I believe that you have been given us a glimpse 
of something bigger that you want to do in our church, and it's going to require and involve all of us. And so, Lord, I pray that each of us spiritually would invite people into our lives to push us, to push us to grow in our relationship with you and Christ-likeness. Lord, I pray that we'll look back on this moment as a moment where a conversation, a sermon sparks something in the heart and the life of somebody that small steps, faithful steps over time led to the maturation of believers in this room. Lord, for those who have just been scared to step out, those who have been uh, uh, because of the uncertainty and so the anxiety has continued to build. Lord, I pray that you would break down those walls, that there would be, that your Holy Spirit would give a push this morning for those who still aren't followers of you, that there would be a push and a tug by your Spirit to draw them to you. For those who haven't been water baptized yet, that there would be a push to be water baptized. For those who haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that there would be a push for that. Lord, for those who haven't committed any of your, your word to memory, that they would begin with a verse this week and a verse next week, that there would just be a starting point that over time would make a noticeable difference. God, we pray that as we step out in faith, as we trust you, Lord, that you would help us to grow in our love for you and our love for others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.